Um, I really like a regular meditation practice. Mm. Um, and I know a lot of people are a little afraid to do that because you're sitting with like sitting in silence and that's what people kind of think about. Mm-hmm. I don't think meditation needs to be silent, mm-hmm. um, but it is good to have a regular practice so you can, you know, kind of train your heart rate to go down a little bit mm-hmm. and your breathing rate to go down a little bit. Uh, just so when you do hit those stressful situations, you kind of know how to deal with it. Just reducing the rate at which you breathe can help. Welcome to Let's Not Sugarcoat It, a podcast about the real, raw, and unfiltered side of motherhood. We're your hosts, Bella, Alex, and Amy. Let's get into it, ladies. Okay, let's get into it, ladies. Today, we have our very lovely Dr. Ali McMillan, who is a licensed naturopathic doctor practicing in Kelowna. She completed her undergraduate degree in biological sciences at the University of Guelph. I had to practice that one. And (laughs) earned her doctor of naturopathy degree at the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine in Toronto. Very soon after graduating, she moved back to Kelowna, where she completed her licensing exams. Dr. Ali chose a career in naturopathic medicine because she really loves helping people feel better. She enjoys getting to know patients and thoroughly understanding the health issues they face, finding gentle but effective evidence-based solutions for these issues, explaining them in depth and helping patients to determine which course of action would be best for them to pursue. Her practice is heavily focused on providing options backed by research. Treatment is typically focused on education, natural guidance, herbal medicine, meditation, supplementation, and acupuncture. Welcome, Dr. Anthony. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you for having me. (laughs) So tell us, like, tell us a little bit about you. Like, what made you (laughs) get into, you know, the naturopathic medicine? Because it's so... It's, I, I feel like it's becoming a, more accepted mm-hmm. because before, you mm-hmm. know, when I would, would go to my regular doctor and I would say, oh, I have, you know, a naturopathic doctor, he would roll his eyes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, we were not, we were a little bit divergent from mainstream for quite a while. Um, I think that's getting a lot better now. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't even heard of a naturopathic doctor before moving to Kelowna the first time I moved to Kelowna. Mm. Um which is about 15, 20 years ago now. I don't know how long it was. (laughs) Um, But that was the first I'd heard of one. Mm -hmm. And I met one and I thought, that's not a real doctor. (laughs) (laughs) And here she is. Here I am. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I became really interested in herbal medicine uh, originally. I was living here and I didn't have health coverage because it was back in the old days when you had to pay MSP. Mm. And we were just just at an undergrad and we didn't have any money. So we weren't paying monthly for health insurance. we were covered by Ontario and we had no idea, but um, I kept getting like sick and I kept like, having this weird health condition and I'd go to a doctor, they'd give me drugs. It would work for a little bit, then it would come back and I'd keep going back. And every time I went, I'd be terrified that I was being charged and I didn't know. Um, it happened three times. And then I was just like, okay, something must 
have worked for people before the drugs existed. Mm-hmm. So I did a little bit of online research. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yay, yes. online yeah, research. And, uh, Yay, Google. I, yeah, I found an herb that should work. So I tried it out. I went to Nature's Fair back when it was like super hippie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, it's uh, not now? It's, <laughs> not, not, not like it was. Yeah. It used to be really crunchy. And I missed that when I came back. It was so different. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I tried this herb and it worked after like 10 days of drinking a tea. Yeah. Like this is pretty crazy. And so it kind of sent me on this wild goose chase of learning all about herbal medicine. Then I did like a deep dive into my own nutrition and then figured out all of my own health problems. And mm. then I wow. got very interested in actually pursuing it as a career. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about... Anxiety? No, no burnout. 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 Yeah. yeah. I, I think mean, that comes with they're very <laughs> related. <laughs> like, wait, like, wait a minute. <laughs> one leads to the other for sure. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, tell us like how how do we how do we not um, can we negate what's the word people prevent or prevent eliminate no like burnout like how how do we how do we find the signs like of burnout right because like we're go 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 and suddenly Mm -hmm. it's like suddenly it's burnout yeah yeah Yeah, burnout's actually not too hard to recognize which is nice because you know anxiety and stress there's like a million different things that can be symptoms so it's a little bit more difficult to pinpoint but burnout is um it's a state of exhaustion Mm -hmm. so people that tend to be very fatigued, they tend to be a bit cynical Mm. and they start to be ineffective at either their work or their family life or whatever they're burnt out from. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, those are kind of the three things to notice when you're burnt out. Mm. So I guess like, do you think people recognize them? Like they do seem (laughs) simple, but it seems like so many people get burnout and they're like, oh, I had burnout. I had no idea. Yeah. I don't think people recognize that they're burnt out. Sometimes people do. Mm -hmm. Um, I was very aware I was burnt out the first couple of times I was burnt out um, because I was going through school. I was doing my second degree and I had a one, I went back to school when my son was one, (laughs) (laughs) which in retrospect, wasn't smart. (laughs) Um, And it was, we had moved to Toronto. It was a new place for us. I'm not a city girl. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was very like doing a medical program with a a one-year-old was insane. And so I lived in a state of burnout for a few years and you can, you, you, you keep going when you're burnt out. People I was don't. just going to say, I think pe- pe- sometimes we might recognize it, but who's going to who's gonna do all the things? There's no time yeah. to take a rest. Like you're burnt out, but guess what? You got to keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to keep surviving. Yeah. And so like, especially with like employment burnout, people know that they're burnt out and they keep going because yeah. they need to put food on the table. They need to yeah. pay their mortgage. So they don't think that there's any way forward. But there are, there are things you can do for sure. Tell us. Yeah, tell, tell us more. <laughs> tell us more. <laughs> so I, I guess ideally you want to prevent burnout if you can. That's where a lot of the focus is in terms of research. A lot of the research seems to be surrounding healthcare professionals because healthcare mm. professionals, when they burn out, it's, I guess, pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. And then hospitals and states start losing money when their healthcare professionals burn out. Mm. So they don't have enough nurses and doctors if they're all on leave. So of course, they put money yeah. into that yeah. research, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but the problem is, is when you put all of your research into prevention, it starts to make people feel like if they do get burnout, they're failures. Mm. And you're not. 
not. Like it's just, this is a normal thing that happens when you have chronic stress for a very long time. Mm-hmm. You burn out and it's you can recover from burnout. It's yeah. not the end of the world. It's not a personal failing. It's just a thing that can happen. And then you can reshift and then yeah. move on. So Learn. if someone is burnt out, how long do you, they usually take to recover from burnout? Oh, that's a really good question. I don't know the answer to that because I think it's very, very different. Um, depending on the person and the situation, right? right. Like I've bur- I've bounced back from burnout very fast recently because I'm getting good at it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can get good at bouncing back from burnout if you practice and you're aware of what's going on. So, like a couple of days, it's like I know this is what I need to do to get myself in line, and I can just bounce back. But I think the first time I when I was burnt out after being in school for like five years with a kid. Um, it took me about a year, <laughs> which is a long time. It was a mat leave in my book because I had another kid, but. <laughs> Sometimes too, like I think our language is changing a little bit because we're, would you agree, Ali? Because we're starting to hear things like take time for yourself, you know, ground, get back into nature, things mm-hmm. like that. So I think the tools are kind of there, yep. but probably sometimes like I would imagine maybe your first journey for burnout was you have to do it in small stages, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you do have a one-year-old, it's not like, I'm just going to go for a week away yeah. and take time for myself, right? You can't do that. You're you responsible for that. other people. Yeah. Um, so, and uh, sometimes like, it, it's great that we are starting to put more emphasis on like those tools. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a little bit problematic because workplaces are like, oh, okay, so self-care. You guys just take care of yourself so you don't burn out. Mm-hmm. But there's other factors at play that they're trying to kind of ignore. Yeah. yeah. Like their part in it. Yes, like taking care of yourself is a very important yeah. part of it. It's, I'd say, like one of three things that is important for prevention. Yeah. Self-care um, and then like making sure that whatever work you're doing, what you're spending all your hard, you know, all of your effort doing mm-hmm. is actually giving you something back, whether right. it's money or, you yeah. know, happy feelings or whatever. It's got to actually have a payback for you. Yeah, we're starting to see a lot of people. Oh, sorry, Alex. I was just going to say, we're starting to see a lot of people, I think, that are changing their careers for that reason, right? Mm -hmm. Because if it's not fulfilling and even people that are making great money, you know, you hear it all the time. It was like, I was making great money, but I was so burnt out and it wasn't fulfilling. And so I think people are starting to kind of do that a little bit, Yeah, which is great. Yeah, I agree. What's the third one? What's the third one? Have it all written down because I remember that I forget things all the time. Oh, <laughs> well, that's good that. to know about yourself. <laughs> yeah. um, healthy coping mechanisms, Man- mm. stress management, and healthy coping me- mechanisms. Healthy coping mechanisms. Yeah, can't speak today. No, that's, yeah. that's okay. It's I, don't, I don't feel like I'm the only one. <laughs> She's like not alone. I am not alone. I say I can't speak today, but I choke on my words every day, all the time. Yeah, it's hard to get the. Like, there's probably so much swirling in your brain. I know that happens to me, and it's like how to grab the thoughts, right? Yeah. So, give us some ideas of healthy coping mechanisms. What yeah. would you say those are? Um, I really like a regular meditation practice. Mm. Um, And I know a lot of people are a little afraid to do that because you're sitting with like sitting in silence and that's what people kind of think about. Mm -hmm. I don't think meditation needs to be silent, Mm -hmm. Um, but it is good to have a regular practice so you can, you know, kind of train your heart rate to go down a little bit Mm -hmm. and your breathing rate to go down a little bit. Uh, Just so when you do hit those stressful situations, you kind of know how to deal with it. Just reducing the rate at which you breathe can help bring your stress down Mm. a lot. Um, So something that I've trained myself to do 
<laughs> if I'm really, really stressed, I'll just automatically start slowing my breathing right down. Mm-hmm. And it takes yeah. me out of it. Yeah. Breath work is so yeah, important. So good. We yeah. were just talking about that on our last one. Oh, yeah. Breath work. Yeah. Breath work, yeah. But do you... Then as a mom of two, do you, have you taught your kids those kind of mechanisms <laughs> as well or? Um, my eldest is 11. So yes, we've done some interesting stuff. So when he used to get really stressed, we had, he had his tent and that would, and he would have like a little spray bottle that he'd spray and mm. he'd sit and like be calm. And then that's how he would de-stress himself. Mm. Um, this was great when we were all at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, with my four-year-old, not so much because <laughs> yeah. he's four, but we do take breaths to yeah. try and calm down. We definitely yeah. take breaths and he's quite asthmatic. So we take lots of breaths <laughs> to oh, calm down. My child, I tell her to, you know, breathe and she go. <laughs> yeah, just like, <laughs> she's mad, right? I'm like, that's not the breath I told that's you That's making about. it worse. Yeah. Yeah. I got to do it with them. You yeah. like, inhale. Excellent. Oh, yeah. When they're, yeah. When they're mad, it's hard hard for them. They're just like, I did it, you know, the attitude. But I feel like, you know, a tent. I was thinking more like when you said tent, I'm like, oh, I can bring a big cage and then just put my child (laughs) in the cage. (laughs) Time out cage. Time out for breath work. Give them little spray (laughs) bottles to spray. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Thanks, Amy. (laughs) Bad, bad, bad. We need therapy now. <laughs> I remember my kids saying, I can't remember what year it was, but in school they were talking about um, deep breath and then mm-hmm. blow out the birthday candles and they'd oh. have to blow out the birthday candles and they yeah. did this like, and they had to go back and forth. And then there was another one about like, take a deep breath and then something about the dragon and you had to blow out as hard as you could and sound like a dragon. Mm. And I thought that was so cool. Yeah. Of course, if I had suggested it, it would not have no. been yeah. cool. It's because it came from school. <laughs> because it came from somebody yeah. else. It yeah. was like the greatest idea. So that, I, we got to get back to that. <clears throat> yeah, I feel like we could all tell our kids certain things. You know, I'll be like, okay, can you tell my children? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a dragon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And vice versa, right? Well, that's then why we listen. say it's yeah. like... Mother has a team sport. It takes a bunch of us it's to raise so true. kids. That's yeah. for sure. I like the dragon idea too, because that kind of fits with their feelings at the time, yeah. right? Like I'm a dragon right now. Yeah. yeah. Blow it out. Yeah. Blow My sister-in-law anger. taught Evie one that was like, you breathe in a flower, like you're smelling a flower and you blow a candle afterwards. Like mm-hmm. you're blowing hard on a candle. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. There's lots of visual. ways you can. My my eldest son does finger breathing. I didn't yeah. teach him this. It's at oh. school too. It's yeah. like that. You breathe, breathe, breathe. Big breath. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Parker learned that at school too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're going in the right direction, is what I'm hearing. At, yeah. Yeah. School, well, there's so. a lot of money in this social emotional learning aspect of school now. Yeah. SEL. Interesting. Yeah. So I. So back to the managing or recognizing <sighs> burnout. burnout. Um, so let's say last week I was so exhausted. I had to take naps. Like I've never taken naps. Just like, of, well, I tried. I've never fallen asleep. But uh, last week, three days in a row, I literally like around 1.30, I would set my alarm for a half hour like cat nap mm. and I was out. 
I was out. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, hmm, is there like, and I felt a bit of like anxiety and like stress and like my stress comes in the form of choking me out. Like I have Mm -hmm. a lump in my throat. Right. So I wonder if like, because of all that, I needed to go to sleep. And was that like signs of burnout or was it just because I was getting up Every morning yeah, I at five. I know she's looking at me. It's like we have been getting up at five thirty to go to boot camp for six, but I'm up anyways around that time, right? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like I didn't, but maybe I don't know. And you were doing two workouts. <laughs> yeah, so, so, you said you did I the most workouts failed. you've ever done in a month. <laughs> I yeah. didn't fail. You didn't I still, fail. I didn't make it. Uh, I didn't make the competition. Not that. What was it? Uh, challenge. Challenge. I was supposed to go twenty-one days. I made it nineteen days. But well, I would still call that a failure. I know, I know. that's a win. It's like I've never done that before. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. high five to me. But is that signs of like when you're like so exhausted mm-hmm. that you need to take a nap? It could just be that you're exhausted because you've got <laughs> too, much, too much exercise. <laughs> <and whatnot>. <laughs> but <laughs> it, like, if there there are some validated questionnaires. Mm-hmm. I like validated questionnaires because they've been mm-hmm. studied and researched. Yeah. Um, uh, there's one for parental burnout and there's one for general burnout. They're mm. online. Um, I'm not sure how to get them to you, but you can take like a questionnaire and then, and I get my patients to do this in the clinic and then I'll score it for them because it's a mess to score. It's mm. just all over the place. And it tells you how, it's it's a really great questionnaire because it shows you how depleted you feel. Mm-hmm. And how much joy you get from what you're doing. And if those balance out pretty well, then Mm -hmm. you're not really in a state of burnout. And then there's another section for depersonalization. Mm -hmm. So when you get really burnt out, you tend to kind of start to put some space between your, you know, emotional space between you and what you're doing. So if you wanted mm, to, I could send yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do yeah. it. Let's do it. Let's, Let's do, do it. Where we're at, I should ladies. have brought some. <laughs> oh, we could have done an odd live quiz. Uh-oh. Yeah. So do you think that like, I, it's funny that you're talking about burnout because I ran into a lady this weekend who had just gone through this massive burnout thing. Like she was told not to work for a while and mm-hmm. she ran two companies and all this. And then my friend on Facebook had posted an article this morning about burnout and asked if she, she was like, everyone I know is burning out. Are more people burning out right now or? I think so. Mm-hmm. I think our lives have gotten crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to be, you guys did a podcast on this. <laughs> our our roles used to be very different. Yeah. And now all of a sudden we're expected to be, you know, momming 24 yeah. seven and running businesses or having some career also way more than nine to five usually. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's there's just too many things that are kind of, you know, piling up on women these days. So I think burnout is happening more often. Yeah, for sure. And I think our lives have gotten so big and expensive, obviously. Mm -hmm. And um, I was saying, particularly here, it feels like everybody's working nine jobs. And I think our kids are kind of, you know, and then we're feeling tugged in all the directions. And we kind of joke around that like, yeah, be a mom, have a business and don't forget your self-care and don't forget to do your beauty routine. (laughs) And don't forget to work out. Don't forget like... Be perfect in every way. And then compare yourself to everybody online. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. To their Instagram pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, uh, I think we're starting to recognize that and mm-hmm. somebody should really do something about it. I don't know what's going to happen, <laughs> but somebody should really do something about this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that it, it makes a lot of money if everybody thinks that they have to do all these things all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, you're putting your kid into everything and that's, somebody's making money on that and mm-hmm. you're 
you know, relying on extra products to make yourself look better. And like I've, yeah. I've all these comparisons at the end of the day is it, it's commerce. Yeah. yeah. So I think we're being really called. I mean, I know, you know, just in so many ways being really called to just come back to what your values actually are mm-hmm. and what's actually really important. Right. And yes. I love how you said, um, you know, finding a career that fulfills you because if you can go do that career and you're not expending energy, right? That Mm -hmm. is kind of like taking from you and it's actually giving back and filling Mm -hmm. up. Then you have a little bit more energy when you come into your home life, right? Yeah. And you need to put in those deposits. That's that's kind Mm -hmm. of the the biggest issue. The easiest way for me to think about burnout, it's like a bank account. And Mm -hmm. I didn't come up with this. This is from Ashley Morganson, who is a ND in... Nova Scotia, but um, she she thought of it in terms of a bank account. Mm-hmm. You have to put in deposits if you're going to take things out. Oh, that's so good. I like it. Um, it's like the bucket filling thing for yeah, kids, right? Yeah. yeah. And you don't stop when you run out. You just go into debt. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And then you're playing catch up, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's so good. And I think too, like I always think of these, you know, we talk about parenting burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about you know, like a single parent, right? Mm Because for parenting burnout, it would probably be easy to say, maybe just like lean on your partner a little more or whatnot. But if you're a single parent, um, you know, it's tricky. Yes. What are some of the tools that you can use as a single, you know, parent? Because there's lots that goes on. Like, what would you recommend? Um, I would recommend people be very gentle with themselves Mm. and not, you know, give yourself some grace. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be able to do everything that Mm -hmm. two parents is going to be able to do. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, Children don't need to have, you know, eight activities a day. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be running them around as much. Um, And I think it's okay to not. Um, In terms of like, (laughs) like it's hard with single parents because they just don't have an extra person mm-hmm. unless they have like parents, but that's not always the case either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sometimes they have to I, I delegate to hired people, which is also not a thing that a lot of single parents can do on one income unless they have like a massive amount of money. Right. Yeah. So it's difficult. Building a community is kind of the yeah. key. Mm-hmm. Leaning on your peers. Yeah. Yeah. Leaning on your mamas. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like carpooling and things yeah. like that. I would love to normalize um, being able to just do a sport or an activity and not have to do it five days a week yeah. for hardcore. Like it makes me, you know, it would be love to maybe dabble in art or dabble in this. It kind of seems like if your kids are doing a sport, it's four days a week and they mm-hmm. got to do it and they just got to eat, sleep and breathe it. And like when I was mm. a kid, I remember, you know, sports were seasons and you would do it for the season and that would yeah. be it. And it would be once twice a week max and it was done through school yeah. so you, your parents would just pick you up a bit later or you'd take the late bus because they had yeah. buses where yeah. I was yeah. <laughs> unlike here I'm not better um, <laughs> I know we get to pay for the bus here yeah oh, I just don't even get yeah. a spot for my kids so I have to yeah, stop I mean, work at 2.30 every day oh um, yeah. yeah yeah that's a challenge yeah that's a big point you know because mm-hmm. um, especially when you're client based as, yeah. as I am as well you kind of don't know sometimes how long something's going to go. I mean, yours might be a little more regimented, but um, that's where... No. <laughs> not, really, not really, right? Because people run late and then... I so run late. Yeah. yeah. So then you need to have a hard stop kind of 45 minutes before just to make sure you're not late. Yeah. I know it's tricky. Yeah. yeah. But there was, it seemed like there was a lot in place for my parents' generation in terms mm-hmm. of there was so many more activities yeah. and they were, they were minor. There, yeah. No one was going 
to play volleyball for yeah. as a career at my school. It was just like, you're just going to do it for a couple of weeks. It's an activity. Then we're on to the next thing. Yeah. Like the, the team sports, you know, um, like soccer to me, I know soccer here is huge. Everywhere we drive, there's soccer uh, balls, but like to me, we had after school soccer. Like you, yeah. if you wanted to play soccer, you just played with your schoolmates, you know, yeah. and then you had your teams and whatever. Now they don't do anything at school, I find. Very little. But I also feel like too, it's tricky. I feel like we're not creating as well-rounded kids because it's kind of like, it feels like you sort of need to pick your sport at a young age mm-hmm. and then you got to just do that. Because if at 12, you decide you want to go into dance or let's say you want to try something different, trying to bust into a new sport or a new something at an older age, it's kind of like those kids have all been doing it since they were three. Mm-hmm. And you're not able to flit around as much. And so I think it would be nice if our kids could be, like you said, Allie, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And now we're doing this, you know, and have an opportunity to try different things. Yeah. Maybe we could do like a club for kids where doing these things are free. Yeah. for parents and then say, okay, let's let's practice tennis. Just have out your rackets, if you, whatever. And then, because there's tennis courts around here that, you know, I used to, I used to play a lot of sports, which on the other side, I wish I maybe stuck to one a yeah, little me bit too. more. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. But I, but I ha- was exposed to a lot of stuff. So sports came easily to me because I was doing this and this and this and this mm-hmm. and this. My children, they have not been exposed, right? So running for them is super hard, you know, unlike <laughs> Evie, you oh, know. yeah. She's, She's like a naturally natural, athletic. Yeah. And I wonder if it's because my kids are so tall too, with their like gangly legs mm-hmm. <laughs> watching them. Well, and I think that's the beauty of trying different things, yeah. right? Because not everybody, I mean, we all know, like I'm not a great runner, but I'm good at other things, you know, yeah. and it would be nice to be able to have the opportunity to try different things. You know, yeah. maybe they're not runners, but maybe they're amazing at hand and eye coordination. Yeah. Maybe they'd be amazing tennis players or volleyball yeah. or, you know, basketball or whatnot. And then have the opportunity to maybe dabble in some of the arts, right? Like, Mm -hmm. wouldn't it be so nice if, you know, you did volleyball one day a week and now you're doing dance and then now we're doing an art class. Like, I feel like the school doesn't have time to get all the well-rounded in. Yeah. I think it's because they don't have, like when we were kids, teachers did that, right? Like my grade eight teacher was like the volleyball coach and the basketball coach half the year. And we would practice after school or in the morning and stay there till like five. Mm-hmm. But no do one does that anymore. They st- my kids in their school, they have volleyball, basketball, right. and soccer, but you have to try out for the team. Yeah, yeah. we had so to do it's that not too. everybody, which is fair, right? But they have those three sports and they are extracurricular. They, oh, so good. they're kind of like lunchtime, they have practices and then you either drop off early in the morning or after school. But but yeah, any of the outside sports, like soccer is not bad because it's two days a week commitment. But I know my youngest wanted to do um, gymnastics and she wanted to do this aqua gymnastics, which was amazing. But it was three days a week, four to 7 p.m. every day. I wow. think as soon as you get into any competitiveness, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And then it was like a commitment to all these like out of town. Mm-hmm. Like, who is doing this? Yet there's all you. these kids. In the <laughs> yeah. And then we all burn out, inc- yeah. including the kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So do you have your kids? in sports um so he likes tennis so we do the odd tennis thing through parkinson rec okay but he's not in any of that right now right now he's really into music Mm. so but music is easier to do it's you know one day a week after school he has his electric guitar lessons yeah and then he plays clarinet and band which is at school so monday and thursday i drop him off earlier 
Oh, okay. That's it, which is very nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then he just dabbles with whatever instruments we have at home. Mm -hmm. Um, He likes sailing. Mm -hmm. So we'll probably get him, but that's like a week in the summer. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe two. So like, it's not too much. Yeah. Um, So he's not terribly into too many sports otherwise. Like we've had him in like floor hockey and soccer yeah. and mm-hmm. in Toronto, it was great. Cause we had like, it was $40. It was, that was what it cost for soccer. And it was just like the fun league. Yeah. And you yeah. got like your Jersey and everything. It was volunteer based. Love it. We could do that here. Though the, we would be adding to our own oh, yeah. burnout. <laughs> to, yeah. Like, just, to make sure you're organized. organized. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think soccer here is pretty reasonable. Like it was 140, but they get a practice and a game. They get an yeah. entire uniform. And then they get mm-hmm. That's the, and... I mean, dance for two dance classes is like 140 <gasps> a month. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, so, what I love about soccer is like the tournaments are here. They're here, so you're not yeah. you're traveling. You're not, you know, that's an added Although some people. people get screwed over. Like um, maybe it's not the Kelowna League, but who were we talking to that was like saying that she's on the West side and her games are in like, she has one in Lake Country. Mm. What was that? We have a couple games on the West side too to keep it fair. Yeah. But usually the tournaments are within, like you're not going to Vancouver or you're no. not going to, you know, which we did for dance and cheer. But um yeah, that's, yeah. my kids are going to go into competitive dance. Mm-hmm. Is it Evie? Oh, I don't, I'm waiting to see what that commitment costs <laughs> and what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm not pre-committing. Yeah. Um, Ellie, I want to tap into a little bit of your, well, a lot of your your major wisdom. Um, I know that adrenals, uh, adrenal burnout is a big thing. And so tell us a little bit about like supporting uh, health-wise. Like what are yeah. some things we can do to support adrenals and or some things we can do to not burn out like not, like health wise, yeah. Um, so adrenals were a bit more of like the old school approach. Okay, now it's more focused on epinephrine. Oh, um, so adrenals are your cortisol. Right, um, cortisol goes up and down throughout the day. You need your cortisol to be up to wake up. Um, so there's, it, it still has an effect, and it's still important. But it's your epinephrine is going to be way. It's, 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 it's a signal that's going to be way stronger than your cortisol. Okay. Um, so it's that fight or flight response that we're trying to like pull you down from. Ah. Um, so there's a lot you can do. Um, I have like about, it's probably up to like eight things now um, that I do or try to recommend to each of my patients for general stress reduction. And those are the things that would bring down that like overall stress response. Um, meditation's one. Okay. Getting outside frequently is another. Mm. Um, what else do I do? Um, there are some supplements and there are some herbs. I won't get into specifically which ones those are because I can't recommend anything over. Right. Yeah. Right. Probably very um, customized per, yeah. per, per person. Yeah. Uh, just because if you do, then, then somebody takes something and they happen to be, you know, they have a liver condition and now they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I don't want that to happen. Um, so, but there are quite a few of really amazing herbal options for decreasing stress okay. um, that I relied on very heavily when I was in school and mm. it got me through. Nice. Um, so those can be quite helpful. Um, a big thing is scheduling stress, uh, scheduling time for rest and relaxation into mm. your actual life. Mm-hmm. Um, people might put it on their to-do list. It'll get, it'll just get 
ignored. Yeah. But if you actually schedule it in, the odds of actually doing it are a little bit better <laughs> if you are, you know, committed. Yeah. Um, and rest and relaxation is very important. Um, people can have crazy, crazy lives and do tons and tons of work. But if they know they're getting those two to three days at the end of the week where they're not doing any work and they're just going to spend time with their kids and not not work kids, like, yeah. you know, yeah. like actual hangout as opposed to do like tons of laundry and cleaning yeah. and nonsense. Um, getting that rest time is important because it's mm. filling up your bank account. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I feel like this past weekend, we kind of filled our account with Lee because we did some, like usually we're go, go, go. You know, there was a boat show and all that kind of stuff. And then, so we were doing that. Then we went out because we had the dance day. It was like a really crazy Saturday. Uh, but on Sunday, we're like, our lawn looks like shit. <laughs> <laughs> the deer completely destroyed it. And, oh. you know, started raking and we played music and had a couple of drinks and I was seating and got super filthy, but it just felt so good to spend that time not having to be somewhere. It's Mm -hmm. like, okay, we can just hang out. And yes, we're raking the lawn and picking up all that stuff. But when he left to work this morning, he feels like he said, you know, I feel like I had a great weekend. So I feel like this week is going to go by fast. Oh, that's mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. Right? Because mm-hmm. we haven't had downtime. that downtime. Yeah. yeah. But Saturday, uh, Sunday was our downtime. So I'm like, okay, we need to do a little bit more of the, let's just chill. Chill. And, you know, we had you, know, you guys over, whatever, right? But it was still, we were home. We were we were relaxed. There was no pressure to be anywhere. There's no time, like whatever. Just go yeah. with the flow. So, mm-hmm. yeah, nice. I feel like we need to get back to those types of um, moments. Yeah. I feel like for me, I get really stressed by, you know, a schedule. Like we're always kind of like, especially with kids, like we got to be here at this time and you got to be here at this time. And you got to be here at mm-hmm. this time. I feel like every day is you know, I have to watch the clock and where I am. And and then some of those days, like I'm trying to normalize just having days where you do nothing, yeah. right? Because that, and without that guilt, because I think there's that underlying, oh my gosh, there's 63 million things I should have been doing, but instead I went for a walk in the sun, which should be okay. Yeah. But it should be. You so filled much, your bank account with a walk in the sun. With the walk in the sun. But then it's like, I think... For me, the biggest thing was just letting go. Like, it's like the laundry is still going to be there. The dust is going to be there. It all is going to still be there. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, you can do it and then you turn around, you got to do it again. So I'm getting better at letting go of that and having those days where I'm like, I just sat and did nothing today. Mm-hmm. Like nothing. Mm-hmm. It was perfect. Yeah. yeah. And then I got to work harder the next day, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this is just my experience, but when I was a kid, it was normal for my parents to not do stuff or they would just do stuff that they liked on the weekend. Like my dad would go fishing Mm -hmm. and my mom Mm. would like sit on the deck and read a magazine and like I might paint or something. We didn't really have like TV or much, but everybody just did stuff they liked for enjoyment. Yeah, And I wonder if maybe that's shifting away and maybe that's Mm. one of the contributors to burnout is we all feel like our time is so precious but that it has to be allocated in a certain way that we're mm-hmm. not like living mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah I think that's a valid point for sure I know I was raised where my mom is a doer and so I was raised where if you're sitting you're lazy 
Like, oh. get, you know, you should be doing something. There's always something to do. My mom does not sit still, mm-hmm. um, which is, which is good for her. And so I really had to wrap my head around that. Like, it's okay to sit. It's okay it to is. read a book. It's okay to, you know, cause I wasn't totally raised that way, but, um, but yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think for me, what happens is, again, kind of how we created this podcast, you see, you know, it's like, oh, they're organizing and there's this and there's that. And it's like, and then people have, you know, I'm always like, oh my God, my house is not clean. And so I feel like I got to do those things. Mm -hmm. I got to work during the week. And then on the weekend, I got to do all the things that need to be done. Right. So I find it easier to let go in the summer though. I'll say that. Yeah. (laughs) When the sun is out, you're like, peace. I'm out of here. (laughs) Totally. In the winter, when you're sitting in your house and around it, it's like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I got to do it. And that's why I think going away is so important too, because you're not staring at all the projects that need to be done. Right. You're Mm -hmm. not staring at the laundry. You're not staring at like, I always find that really beautiful when I go away. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Leaving the city. Mm-hmm. I am so grateful right now that we have that condo and chill a whack a whack. Because then sometimes I need to be like, okay, I'm coming. I need yeah. change of scenery, change of, you know, surround, like just, yeah. 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 And yeah, time with the husband. Yeah. <laughs> in, um, in Toronto, when I was an intern, something popped up that we didn't really expect um, a bunch of interns were talking and they noticed that when their patients left Toronto, their their health issues would kind of fix themselves. <laughs> and then when they came back to Toronto, when their, you know, their business trip or their vacation, it didn't even have to be a vacation, yeah. would come, like when they would come back, things would flare up again. Oh, and it's, wow. you know, they've, they've taken themselves out of their situation. Yeah. yeah. So it can I can kind of relate to that because I was talking to a mom at the school Because I don't feel the way you do, Amy. In Kelowna, I'm like, meh. I don't. I don't need to feel. I don't feel that need to like keep up with the activities, keep up with the whatever. I did feel like that in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to a mom at school, and she also moved from Vancouver, and she was like, "Raising kids here is just so easy compared to Vancouver because you're always in freaking traffic for 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. You're always going to the next thing." It's a lot. I don't find that here. So it's similar in that Toronto example. Yeah. um, Good perspective. I have my husband a lot more up here (laughs) than I did in Toronto because of the commute. It was an hour and 15 minutes one way Mm -hmm. for him to get to work. And so by the time he got back, like my eldest would have to be, you know, fed and almost in bed. So it was, and all of the homework was on me because he had homework because it was Toronto. Right. (laughs) So it was a very different system. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. I wonder what the, st- like I would, I would just venture to say that in places like Toronto and Vancouver and big bustling cities like that, where there is more um, to kind of keep up with and having that commute. I mean, geez, that must, that would drive me up the wall for sure. I'm sure the stress levels are through the roof in those places. Oh yeah. And everybody seems stressed during the commute. Yeah, um, I didn't have to commute to the downtown core very often. It did take me 45 minutes to get to school from my house, yeah, that's which was a long 15 time. minutes away by bike. Yeah. So it it's just because of the way that the system was put up. Yeah. But um, everybody, when, when I was going downtown for like, I think for anatomy, we had that downtown because um, we didn't have a cadaver lab in the school. <laughs> <laughs> we had to go for that. And it was, people are just very... 
they look depressed. And if you're surrounded by people on the bus or the train and everybody's, you know, in a rush and depressed and no one's talking to each other, everybody just kind of keeps to themselves for that that energy. Oh, it's so much. Oh, like being in the subway or the sky train and there's like, you can't get in or like, I remember having a baby in a stroller and being like, like, cause you don't want to drive. It's going to take you 45 minutes to get downtown. Yeah. So I was like 20 minutes on the sky train, no problem. But you're like, you can't get in anywhere. No. Everybody's breathing on top of you. <laughs> I can oh. feel the stress right now. It's like crazy. <laughs> Packed in like sardines yeah. and people are touching you yes. and, oh, and you're baby. You weird. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. So how could you, you, I mean, you'd inevitably show up at your place, like just right cortisol levels through the roof. Like flight, flight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of fight. Yeah. Right? yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, that's a bit, I hear a lot about that. That's interesting you say about the epinephrine and the, I feel like I'm, we're hearing a lot of language about that, about the sympathetic and the parasympathetic and yes. how to stay in. And someone recently said, we, I think it was one of our guests talked about, I always thought it was best to sort of be in the sympathetic. I think that's the ideal one, right? But that we actually want to strike a balance. Yeah, it, you you want to balance because the yeah. stress is is not a bad thing, right? Um, I think it's parasympathetic is the relax. The yeah, relax. Sympathetic yeah. is Thank the... You. the or one, yeah, okay. but stress isn't a bad thing when it's in the right amounts. Mm. Stress is a good thing. Uh, you want to be stressed if you know you're being chased by a mountain lion, right? Right. Because um, <laughs> you want, like, you want your pupils to like dilate, and you want all the blood to go to your muscles and your brain and yeah. shut down your digestive system completely right. and all your other desires. Like, you want that to happen, um, and it's good for you. It motivates you, and a little bit of stress, even in the workplace or in parenting, it does motivate you to do the right things and to make the right choices. Right. A lot of the time, mm-hmm. it also helps mental clarity. So if you're very, very stressed, you're thinking very well. Uh, so there is also, there, there's benefits to stress. We don't mm-hmm. want our cortisol to be nothing. We'd never wake up. Mm-hmm. So it's balancing. Yeah, it's balancing. It's it's bringing, I can't do a thing with my hands. You can't <laughs> see on this. Um, it's bringing um, your whole stress curve down mm-hmm. yeah. as opposed to having your whole stress curve, you know, oscillating really high up. Yeah. yeah. So what are you seeing an influx of, of right now? What are you treating mostly? Would you say it's stress management? <laughs> Anxiety is so, so big. Yeah. Like I'd say the major, vast majority of my patients would have a diagnosable anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's becoming the norm. Yeah. Um, digestion is a huge problem because it's linked to stress. Mm-hmm. So, so linked to stress. Um, IBS, irritable bowel syndrome mm-hmm. is, you know, you get really stressed and you either get crazy diarrhea or a really bad constipation or you oscillate between the two. Mm -hmm. So I see a lot of that. And those are, IBS is not normally that hard to treat, which is nice. Um, Stress-related conditions are also, or sleep. Sleep and stress are highly tied to each other Mm -hmm. because if you're in a very fight or flight state, you can't really bring yourself down Mm -hmm. to sleep. So there's a lot of sleep issues, Mm -hmm. um, which are less easy to treat, but treatable. Yeah, how would I stop myself from waking up at, 2.30 in the morning every (laughs) single night. I try not to to drink because I'm like, it used to be I needed to go to pee. But Mm. now it's like, no, I wake up and I'm like, I will, I'm not going to go pee. But I, (laughs) you know, but I also heard that it's okay to wake up in the middle of the night as as long as you fall back asleep, then that isn't really um, like interrupted sleep because you know, we have our sleep cycles. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, we use like 
I've heard, and I don't have anything to validate this, mm-hmm. but I've heard stories yeah. <laughs> that people used to wake up in the middle of the night and then do things and then they'd go back to sleep after. Mm. So it seems like there might be a historical normalcy to that, but I don't know for sure. Most people don't like it. So I try to help them. Usually it's to do with supplements mm-hmm. for that. Um, there are some supplements that tend to help, um, but they have to be done well. Yeah. Um, so many people come in with sleep disorders and then they're like, oh, I've had a seizure. And it's like, oh, I can't give you this then. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. things tend to interact with other conditions. But mm-hmm. Yeah, which is why, again, it's so important to have it unique to each person, right? Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about digestion. What are some tips for that or, you know, things that we can do to help obviously other than stress management, but what are some things that we can do? I don't find stress management works that well, even for stress induced digestive, digestive problems. Okay. Um, so like it's, it's difficult to, it takes a long time to get your stress, to train yourself, to get your stress levels back down. And sometimes you have to move some things out of the way first. Mm -hmm. So, um, this sounds really cliche and I've heard, you've heard it a bunch of times, but having a high fiber diet makes a huge difference, mm. a huge difference because fiber feeds your good digestive bacteria mm-hmm. and you need your good digestive bacteria to make you happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if the bad ones are, you know, taking over, then they produce a lot of gas. So you have a lot of bloating and mm. either constipation or diarrhea, depending on how it affects you. So high fiber diet generally means lots and lots of fruits and vegetables. Mm. Okay. I was going to say what kind of fiber. Yeah. yeah. What's, I was going to say what high fiber. So lots of fruits and vegetables. Lots then. of fruits and vegetables. And the peels probably is important. Like having... Uh, anything fibrous. If you're eating like half fruits and vegetables at every meal, I don't care if you put the peels on or not because you're going to yeah. get enough. But um, yeah, lots and lots of fruits and vegetables. There is the um, Harvard Food Guide, which is great. It's really okay. evidence-based. Um, the Canadian Food Guide's sort of based a bit on it now. So it's it's gotten a lot better in recent years, the Canadian Food Guide. It mm. used to be an abomination, <laughs> um, but it's better now. Yeah. But the Harvard Food Guide goes into a lot more evidence, which nice. is nice. Um, and they have their sources so you can like look up studies and make sure that they're actually reporting on what exists. And they suggest um, half of every meal, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner to be fruits and vegetables. Mm. Um, That's really helpful. Um, Probiotics, some specific strains are better than others. Right. Um, I was going to ask because I'm like, I'm taking some medication mm -hmm. and they don't tell you that it actually destroys your gut. Right. Right. Mm. Uh, Because, you know, Western medicine doesn't say you just take this for that and then that's it. You know, yeah. they don't tell you, oh, it may cause you this unless you read it or you have a friend who is also in like the naturopathic kind of yeah. mm-hmm. realm. They're like, yeah, no, you should really be taking a probiotic with this stuff yeah. because it destroys your gut. So, yeah. So which strains are better than others, do you think? Um, so for IBS, um, Lactobacillus plantarum is a really good strain. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, that's, that's probably the one that has the best research that I have seen so far. Um, there was a company called VSL and they did a whole pile of research. They're really expensive. I don't really use them, but I use their research because they did it. Um, but yeah, they are the ones that did all the research on lactobacillus plantarum, but there are probably other strains that are also quite effective. I just like to have lots of different strains Mm -hmm. in a pill. 
So mm-hmm. taking a few different probiotics would be ideal. Well, no, you just take one, but okay. it should have lots in it, like lots oh, of different species in it. I see mm-hmm. what you're saying. So we you have to capsule. look mm-hmm. for lactoprotein. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so that one, I can, I can tell you after which ones. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we'll put it in the comments. Yeah. So that, that particular one has lots of different strains in it. Uh, Lactobacillus plantarum is just one one species. Okay. But it's good when I prescribe uh, probiotics, I usually prescribe one with lots of different strains. Mm. And I'll try to match this. Like the research in strains is very, very new. Okay. So grain of salt. Yeah. <laughs> but like there's, um, if, if I have a patient who is stressed and also has allergies, then I'd also find one, you know, that has both strains because there's also a strain that's really good for allergies mm, that I just oh. learned about. But I'm very excited because I get very excited about research. So tell me, how do you, because I've heard lots of different things. How, how do you prescribe to take your, your uh, probiotics? Um, I just get people to take them in the morning okay. when they have breakfast. So not, it doesn't have to be empty stomach or anything like that. There's no, doesn't matter. Uh, I don't like a lot of this stuff comes from the companies and I, mm. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of feel like as long as you're getting it in. Yeah. Like if it says it, if, if I read it in a study and they're like, oh, this study compared taking it in the morning to taking it at night. And then this X was better then I would absolutely pick whatever one was better. Yeah. But that research doesn't usually exist. Mm. So Maybe it's like, it's very theoretical. And when we base stuff on just theories, like the theories in medicine change so rapidly. My, one of my profs had a notice on her door that said 50% of everything you learn in medical school will be wrong in 10 years. Wow. So learn to learn. Yeah. Um, So yeah, if I don't have concrete, yes, this is what you have to do. I don't usually... Mm. I love that because you're flexible, you know, and and open to the changing of, because yeah, I'm sure it does change like minute to minute, really. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's so much constantly being published. It's impossible to keep up with it all. Yeah. Yeah. All I can think is about the eggs. Don't eat eggs. Eat the eggs. Don't eat eggs. Cholesterol. No cholesterol. Yeah. Yeah. And like like, the research hasn't actually changed that much on cholesterol. It's still bad for you. Yeah. Okay. It never really changed. I don't know why, but well, I do know why. (laughs) There's lots of industry stuff. Yeah. There's good cholesterol Red and tape. bad cholesterol. So you should, should Yeah, have. you make your own cholesterol. You'll be yeah. fine without it. I don't... My cholesterol... There's zero cholesterol in my diet. It's fine. Yeah. I don't have hormone problems. So tell us a little bit, and I know this is probably a little bit of a sticky subject because yeah. it is customized, but what is your feeling regarding diet? And maybe you could even just tell us what you do in your life and how you choose to eat. You know, it's kind of like, should mm. you be vegetarian? Should you not? Should you do dairy? Should you not? Like what do yeah. people, what do you kind of prescribe? And it might be different <laughs> for cl- different clients. What I prescribe is different from what I am. Okay. Quite different. <laughs> okay. Because mm. like my, I have food allergies okay. um, and I have had a very specific health journey. So mm. yeah, I try to meet my patients wherever they are. Okay. So that's, that's where I start. If I have somebody who is, you know, almost a carnivore, I'm not going to be like, Hey, go on this vegan diet. Cause yeah. they right. won't yeah. first of all. Um, the Mediterranean diet is like a really good stopgap solution for the vast majority of the population. Oh, that's cool. Um, it's got tons and tons of research to back it up. So the Mediterranean diet is the diabetes guideline of Canada is really great. And they kind of go into a lot of details about it. 
Um, actually, the diabetes guideline is amazing because it actually shows for that one condition, it shows like all the different diets and how they factor in. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Mediterranean diet has the most research to support it. Whole food plant-based diets also work quite well for that. There's a, a bunch of diets that work and there's a mm-hmm. bunch of diets that don't. Keto didn't work for diabetes. Mm-hmm. Um, all health conditions are a little bit different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's definitely different based on who's in front of me and what conditions I have. Right. Um, but overall, the Mediterranean diet in the proportions that are recommended by the Harvard Food Guide mm-hmm. tend to be very accessible for most people. Mm-hmm. So 50% fruits and vegetables um, on your plate, a quarter of your plate as a healthy whole grain, and then a quarter of your plate as a lean protein. So not a like lean proteins being basically chicken, fish, beans, tofu, mm-hmm. nuts, no seeds. Meat. No red meat, no, no steak. Red meat. Yeah, Burn that okay. steak, right? <laughs> and if if I have patients who are obsessed with steak and that's part of their life, then once or twice a month. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> So easy, yeah, ease out of it. That's yeah. interesting. Wow. I, I think the Mediterranean, there is a lot of fish and sea, like kind of seafood, I think is a big thing too, right? On the Mediterranean diet, is that? Yeah, a couple yeah. times a week. Yeah. It's, you don't have to eat it yeah. on the Mediterranean diet, but it is definitely on there for most. Because yeah. it's hard for people to go from building their entire meal around meat, meat yeah. Yeah. to go to like the Mediterranean diet is a plant-based diet that also includes meat and chicken when when wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it is, mm-hmm. they build their meals around the vegetables and mm-hmm. then fruit is often a dessert. So that is kind of the key is to focus more on the vegetables because people don't, they'll just eat, you know, what they see is the protein and they'll ignore the vegetables yeah. on yeah. their plate yeah. and those will get turfed. Yeah. Well, and especially mm-hmm. something like when you said these, some of these diets, like a keto diet or something is very heavy on protein mm-hmm. and a little less. So like there's lots of, on a, on a um, keto diet or things, I don't know. I'm just talking out of my hat here, but yeah. I think it's a lot less veggies and fruits. Yeah. And it's more heavier on protein, which is probably a little harder on the system sometimes. Mm-hmm. So how do you get your kids to eat the veggies <laughs> and the f- Fruit and well, the fruit I don't Fruit's have easy. Problem, but, then, uh, <laughs> but veggie, like the veggies, because my kids used to love veggies. Like when we, well, when we lived in Taiwan, I had full control of their diets. <laughs> but when we came back, um, you know, my parents and the grandparents and so on and so forth were constantly taking, and you know, McDonald's was introduced mm. and this kind of thing, and we go out. Uh, quite a bit uh, lately. <laughs> so they're now they're like, no, I don't want, I don't like carrots. I'm like, since when? I don't like <laughs> broccoli. I don't like, like they don't like anything. Mm-hmm. I force them. Yeah, You know, I do. I'm like, you're not getting anything unless all of this is gone. <laughs> <laughs> but I want them to make those choices themselves, mm-hmm. which I find it's very hard at this age. Like it is. They're 10 now and they're sneaking food and, mm-hmm. you know, eat a half a jug of peanut butter in one sitting. It's Ooh. like, oh, <laughs> man. Like, I don't I have to put locks on. <laughs> but how do we, you know, how do we, because we talk about, you know, healthy eating. I say you have one body, you have to treat it well mm-hmm. because what you put in it is what you will get like mm-hmm. stuff like that mm-hmm. but it's so hard for like how do we make it fun I don't know like how do we it is hard because 
not like our children are a bit more animal than I feel like yeah. <laughs> like grownups are. Yeah. And so we've just been, we've evolved to be these like high calorie searchers, you know, like we, mm-hmm. we go out and we seek out the high calorie foods because that's what caused ours, like our ancestors to survive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you had to load on as many pounds as you can in order to survive the famines. Mm. So those people survived and over thousands and thousands of years, here we are. (laughs) And we're all very good at seeking out calories. So we want to have the high calorie foods. Like my four-year-old loves anything with sugar. Mm. And it's specifically Mm. like, I want sugar now. Like, give me something with sugar. (laughs) Because we tell him, no, you can't have that. There's too much sugar. And it's like, I want sugar. Um, It's it's harder when they're young. Um, my, My eldest, when he was really young, it was really difficult to get him to eat uh, vegetables. He was mm. always good about fruit. Yeah. Um, but then about when he hit six, it just kind of shifted. I don't know why. Now he eats pretty much anything. He'll do it begrudgingly, but he'll yeah. eat it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the four-year-old is just random. Like all of a sudden he's like, I hate mushrooms. And we take all the mushrooms off of his pizza and now, oh, I love them now. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I had now one. Are, yeah. And now I, I love them. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, <laughs> We, yeah. uh, we've been, I've been using a lot of like seasonings with, um, and like broiling, is it broiling? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The veggies. And yeah. I use like the, what's that called? The pressure cooker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's been going pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's a struggle for me too. <laughs> I thought my kids love vegetables, but not cooked. Like yeah. they'll eat raw vegetables all day. And I can put any kind of raw vegetables and they'll eat them. Mm-hmm. But I, this is something I'm so fascinated about. And I, because just listening to you talk, my kids are doing that too. And I wonder, you know, sometimes like you hear parents where they would just always let their kids have access to it. And then all of a sudden they didn't want it. Like mm-hmm. I always think of Halloween candy. Mm-hmm. I'm always like, okay, you get this and this and this, and then I'm taking the rest away. And then some parents have talked about how they just let their kids have it. And they kind of like it lasts them throughout the year. And so I think to myself, like, <laughs> have I done a disservice by... Um, sort of rationing and having, because now it's almost like a kind of same idea. As soon as they get candy, it's like they hoard it all. Mm. Like it's never coming back. And they definitely do have, I'm trying to limit the sugar in our house because yeah. there's just, we, there, it's, they definitely have a sweet tooth and are craving it as well. Mm-hmm. More so, And there's way more than when we were kids for sure. They were yeah. way more eating our raisins it. last night. I found the raisins on the couch. Oh. So I'm like, who was in the, who was in the raisins? Uh-oh. <laughs> It was, yeah. Was it? Oh gosh. I'm sure they might had too, but it's always like, oh, not us. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, all over the couch. You're all sitting there. (laughs) But it's all, no, it's fine. Raisins are okay and smaller amounts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's still fiber in there. And if there's fiber with the sugar, then it's going to be a slower absorption. Right. Yeah. Keep them high longer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Raisins before bed, that was probably not good. Yeah, right? (laughs) I can't sleep. I'm like, "Uh." yeah. My parents did the same thing where we couldn't have sugar all the time. And then when I hit a certain age and I moved out, it's just Mm. like, oh, I'm eating ice cream for dinner Mm, every day. It was horrible for me because I am allergic to dairy. (laughs) (laughs) Found that out the hard way. Um, But uh, yeah, it's, it's, I think you're kind of whatever you do, it doesn't matter because I always, like, I kind of took the opposite approach and I was just like, here, you, I take all the dairy out of their candy and we donate that to the homeless people. They get all the good candy from our house. (laughs) Um, But uh, I'll let them have it and they'll eat it over two days and it's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and like, they'll just be on a sugar high for two days, but then that's better than having it 
for yeah. a year, I think. Um, but my kids, my youngest still wants sugar constantly. Yeah. Um, the oldest hides cookies up high so he can have one or two a day mm. so that, because if the young one knows about it. Gone. Like he'll climb yeah. the oh carts. <laughs> he'll do yeah. anything for that sugar. Well, so. I'm glad to know I'm not alone, Ellie, because yeah. that's yeah. my kids too. I think it's yeah. kids in general. Yeah, just they're have yeah. hiding and sneaking and like the rat, they're still not stealthy. How many times did we If you're going to sneak, sneak it, it, don't put the bloody wrapper in the couch. In like an obvious spot. The yeah. Or whatever, because put it in the garbage. Yeah. Well, you're going to see it. I'm, you think I'm not going to see it when I lift up the cushion and there's like your cousin even gave them like the biggest hint she was like Tana she was like when I was younger I would have taken those wrappers wrapped them in toilet like toilet paper or paper yeah. towel yep. and shoved it deep in the garbage yeah. she Nothing. just gave them the answer yeah. it's a- and no one no one <laughs> heard <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but oh, oh my gosh! Yet again, we could just carry on for hours. The, yeah. the time goes by so fast. Mm-hmm. So we have some questions. Yeah. Oh yeah. So tell us <laughs> what is um. Okay, we always ask these little rapid fire questions at Ooh. the end. <laughs> tell us about a time in motherhood that you know re- that you learned something that really surprised you, like in a moment that kind of was like, oh, this was a lesson for me. Oh, um, well, we were in Ontario. And uh, we were at my in-laws cottage and my husband's brothers were all playing like rock band. Mm. And so my son, who was like really young at the time, I think he was like nine. He like picked up one of the little guitar controllers and I was like, okay, this is going to be way too hard for you. But like, you know, give it a try, play with your uncles, go for it. And he was really good. (laughs) That was like really surprising because like he has like all this hand-eye coordination because he plays so much video games. Yeah. And um, then it was, and he was into it enough. That's when we started him on electric guitar. Oh, cool. So it, we had no idea he was into music at all because I had been trying to teach him piano. Because I played piano and I have yeah. a piano. So I was like, okay, like, come on over, sit with me. We're going to play. This is the scale. Yeah. And, you know, trying to force my my old classical yeah. ways on him. And, like, he was not interested. And I was like, okay, he's not into music. No, he's very into music. He's a little musical genius. He just didn't like piano. me teaching him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. He likes the piano as long as I'm not <laughs> teaching him. <laughs> Oh, it's, yeah, totally. It's be the motto for motherhood. Yeah. 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 So that was interesting. Yeah. Funny. That's funny. Yeah. I just yeah. overlooked it completely. Yeah. Yeah, mm, for that's sure. That's a good lesson. That is a good lesson. And then what is a time in motherhood where you're like, is there a time that you can think of where you you would go back and you'd be like, oh crap, I wish I could have a do-over on this moment? <laughs> one moment. One moment. Just one. one. I mean, we only have one, one guy. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm kidding. There's probably a lot of moments with, because my youngest is a little bit hard. Mm. Um, a little bit hard. <laughs> um, so like uh, with my youngest or my oldest, I had never raised my voice ever. Like we would never, it's mm-hmm. just, I think it happened twice and it was a dangerous situation. Like don't run at the road, you know, like yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. And that was what it was reserved for. I would never dream ever in a million years of like yelling mm-hmm. right to my kid. And then, and then <laughs> the second one came. The second one came. And he was a trick baby. I guess the eldest was a trick baby because yeah. the second's like a normal child. He's, he wasn't born an adult. <laughs> Can't bring him to lectures with me. Yeah. Um, he's uh, so like, I 
I don't know. Yeah. I, he 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 would he climbs over things. He does dangerous things daily. So yeah. I, I yeah. wish that I would have realized that I probably just needed to pay more attention to him mm. earlier on because I was trying to do licensing exams yeah. and trying to homeschool my oldest because it was COVID and it, it put a lot of I was burnt out still put a lot of stress on me and mm-hmm. so I didn't realize that I wasn't giving him the attention that he needed. And so if I could go back and do like maybe age two over again, mm-hmm. yeah, just to like set up that foundation. And then when I kind of modified my behavior, things got easier, but I mean, it's, yeah. it's a journey. Yeah. Oh yeah, always oh, for yeah, sure, right? Always. Hindsight but 2020 it, thing. Yeah. 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 Isn't it funny too how it's like always, you hear stories about the second kid, right? Like it's like, <laughs> I just remember having a friend once and her kid was like, she was like, this kid just doesn't listen. Like if I yelled at my oldest, Nothing. he would do something. Yeah. She's like, stop picking up cigarette butts at the beach. Stop. And she's like, <laughs> oh, no. So, you know, they're funny. Yeah. But yeah. Okay, last question. If you could give a new mom a piece of advice, what would it be? Because you know how we're hard on ourselves as moms. Yeah, to give yourself grace and to mm. not compare, your, compare yourself to the previous generation, not to the people you see around you now. Mm. So don't look at Instagram for answers and all this because, or any of the social media, because all of these people are just putting like little snippets of their lives Mm -hmm. and they're putting their most successful snippets of their lives and they're fake half the time. So don't compare (laughs) yourself to pretend, compare yourself to, you know, the old ways when our parents weren't really watching us half the time. And like, think about how much better of a job you're doing Versus them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are getting better in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Well, thank you, Allie. Thank that you was so, so great. Much. Yeah, that was oh. awesome. Knowledge Another and knowledge. knowledge. <laughs> yeah. Thanks We're for so having me. me. Thanks so much for being thank here, Allie. Thank you. Allie. Yeah. This was fun. Yeah. Until next time, Until ladies. Until yeah. okay. we meet again. Yeah. Bye. 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 Thanks so much for listening. Now we want to hear from you. So tell us what's going on in your world. What's what's working? What's not working? How we can support you? What are some good topics? And don't forget to follow us at Let's Not Sugarcoat It Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time. Bye. Bye. See you.